Unfortunately, we just lost the very great Chassid of Yel Khan, who was the Rebbe's Chaser. He was the one who would memorize the entire uh, Fabrengen, no matter how many hours it was. He was the one that people counted on as not just people, but the reason we have all the Rebbe's works in print is, is largely because of Rabbi Yel Khan. He led a team that joined him in decades later, but he was, he was really responsible uh, to remember all that the Rebbe had said. And what's really fascinating is not just he remembered what the Rebbe had said, but that, as we'll see in the Febrengen that we're studying now, the Rebbe goes through so many different, different subjects, and the Rebbe like, goes back and forth. Um, like the Rebbe, in, in a, cl- a classic feature in many Febrengens, was Rebbe explaining a Rashi. Uh, they're explaining his father's teachings in the Zayar, or his father's teachings in Tanya. And then there was the theme of the day. And to be able to jump back and forth from the uh, theme of the day to the... Because t- everything always, uh, usually, it wasn't just in one continuous flow. Usually, they would start off with the Rashi, asked the questions in the Rashi. They would switch, let's say, to the Pirkei Yavis. Then they went to, their, to a Rambam later. They would explain also a Rambam every for rain. So to go to go back and forth and remember the order really is not a, a regular kind of a talent. So um, in this arena that we're learning, uh, that summer, Tafshin Lamid, 1970, they have explained uh, every Shabbos another passage in Gersa Tshuva. So in this, Fabrengen, the Rebbe discusses the conclusion of Gersa Tshuva, chapter 12, which talks about how we should rejoice if, God forbid, we're experiencing physical pain. And Deba asks, why is it that Egeris HaTshuva concludes with this? And the general principle in the Talmud is that everything is connected to the conclusion. And the whole theme of Egeris HaTshuva is to tell us how to do Tshuva, both the lower level, level, level of Tshuva, which is about leaving the sin, that's a mitzvah, the mitzvah is just to practically let go of the wrong things and to do the right things. And the higher level of tshuva, which is the idea of cleaving spirit to spirit through Torah, kindness, and prayer, that you're not just interested in doing what Hashem says, but you're also interested in having a connection with Hashem. So that, that's what's driving your Torah and your prayer and your kindness, that you want to, you, you, have, you have a lot of enthusiasm in it because you want to cleave to Hashem. By meditating about what the value is of learning Torah, and etc. So that's the theme of the Gersa Tshuva, doing Tshuva, the lower level, the higher level. But joy seems to be something which is not uh, central to the idea of Tshuva. So, so in the Febrengen, prior to this Febrengen, the, um, I've explained that the, the joy is connected to the oh, the there is a there is something that about simcha that uh, that causes a person to causes the neshama to be cleansed simcha has a power to cleanse the neshama as the altar begins chapter 2 and 3 talking about not just about shuva but about cleansing the neshama and how shuva how sim, and, and the conclusion conclusion of verse shuva the idea of joy uh, is a continuation of that and saying that there has to be simcha, and even if a person is experiencing pain, they have to rejoice because they have to realize how, um, um, 
that the, 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 the pain actually cleanses their soul. So this concept is connected to another, to the previous chapter in Gersa Tshuva, where the altar quotes a Pasuk. It says in a Pasuk, my sin is always in front of me. Chatasi negdi summit. So Alter says that Pasuk is not telling you you should always be upset about your mistakes. Because the very next verse is Tashmi Eini Sasev and Simcha, let me hear joy and gladness. So it's not saying you should always be sad, because the next Pasuk says you should have joy and gladness. So why does it say you should always be sad? Or you should have, always have your sin in front of you? So if we'll see the deeper, um, the inner meaning of the word in front of you, understand how that is not a contradiction to being joyful. Parenthetically, um, there is a story going around, I think it wasn't, the, the, the common version I don't think is the correct version. There's a Jew named Rabbi Wolfson who was having a very um, difficult challenge. One of his family members wasn't healthy and he was praying every day, and he was davening and he was, and he was concentrating mostly on the, on the verse uh, the, the verse which talks about in, in, in Shema how Hashem does not disgrace a broken-hearted person. Hashem doesn't, uh, a person who has a, a, a broken heart, Hashem doesn't, doesn't despise that. So when he came to the Rebbe, the Rebbe said that, this, I spoke of him about the next verse, so give us the joy of your salvation. So it, David was telling him it's not sufficient to have the broken heart. But what is the meaning of my sin is always in front of me? Doesn't that mean I should always be dejected because of my mistakes? So it's kind of connected with the Maimed the Alter Rebbe on this, uh, in this week's parasha, Tzion Mishpat is redeemed with Mishpat. The Alter Rebbe explains that there are two parts of the heart. There is the left part of the heart and the right part of the heart. The left part of the heart is connected to bitterness, and the right part of the heart has to do with joy. In general, Chassidah says that the left and right part of the heart have to do with love and reverence for Hashem, not with joy and bitterness. Um, general joy is something which is uh, relevant, is, is, is either, above the, either above the brain or lower than the heart, uh, because in Kabbalah, Simcha and bitterness are Yesoid and Malchus, so they're not really associated with the two parts of the heart, but that's what the Altabah says in this week's, this week's Torah portion. So the says over there that the more bitter you are from what you're missing, the happier you are from when, you, when you get it. The, the more it bothers you when you're missing something, the happier the more satisfied you are when you get what you're missing. So this is also connected to the meaning of the words, my sin is always in front of me. The words the Rebbe uses is negdi. And Rashi explains the word negdi on the Pasuk, it says you should, you should stand mineged, opposite the oil made, opposite the Mishkan. Rashi says the word mineg doesn't mean you should be close to the Mishkan. It should, it, it, you, should be, you should be opposite, you should be parallel to the Mishkan, but not close to it. Rashi says mineg means from a distance. There are, um, the reason that we want this Pasuk, although the other Pasukim that 
highlight the same idea. The reason why you want to bring this pasuk specifically in, to indicate that it's not something that where it's totally far away. Rashi says you should stand at a distance, but not completely distant, because the, Hashem wants the, the Levim to be next to the Mishkan. Distant, but, but next to it. How should they be close? To, how should they be close to it? They should be close to it from a distance. So in a similar way, remembering an Avera shouldn't be in a way that it's totally distant, that it's totally gone from your consciousness. Rather, it should be something that affects you and something that has a lot of relevance to you. But it's at a distance in the sense that it doesn't make you sad. So what's a proper... Uh, what, what does that mean? Is it distant or is it close? What, what are we talking about? So Altaba says, you shouldn't be upset about your Averis. But when something happens to you, since you're aware of the mistakes you've made, you're not upset about what happens to you because you're conscious of the mistakes that you've made. So the, the appropriate um, uh, distance of your sins from your consciousness is that it's something you're aware of in the periphery of your conscious, conscience, but it doesn't make you dejected, it doesn't make you sad. But at the same time, when, when someone steps on your shoes and someone says something to you that's insulting, you're able to handle it because you know that you need a kapara, you need an atonement, you need something, this, ah, this is good, I got something. So that's the reason why the al says, it, you should remember your sin, shachota neged Hashem, that you sinned against Hashem. Again, he uses the same word, neged, opposite, from a distance. You can't sin and, so to speak, hurt Hashem. Because it says in the Torah, if you've sinned, what did you do to Him? If you were righteous, what did you give Him? So you can't really blemish God. And therefore, the author says, you have to remember that you sinned neged. There's a distant connection. You're sinning Hashem. But it's not completely distant. Yes, Hashem does care. So that, that word again is relevant because it's something which indicates relationship and yet distance at the same time. This is also connected to what we discussed yesterday about Shabbos Chazain. It says Hashem shows us a third base of Mikdash, but it says Hashem shows it to us from a distance. It's not in a way that it's completely distant. It has an effect on us. And that's the whole point of showing it to us, <clears throat> so that we should learn to live in the um, era of Mashiach. But the reason Hashem shows it to us from a distance specifically, what that, the value of that is, is that we feel a yearning for it. We feel that we want that. And that makes us a vessel to receive it. That makes us open to receive. Um, I was mentioned in the Sikha, but there's, a, there's this expression by Hasidim, Yismach Leib Mevakshi Hashem. The heart of those who seek God should rejoice. The question is, if they're only seeking God and they haven't found Him, why are they rejoicing? And the answer is that the real way to find the Abishur is just by seeking Hashem. It's, it's the yearning itself that, that, that makes you a vessel for Hashem. So in a similar way, to experience the revelation of the third base amigdash, a necessary component is that it's from a distance, that you feel that it's not yet here and you want it. Okay, so getting back to the idea of joy, that joy is, is something that's very relevant to the month of Av. As, as it says in Sfarim, that when Av enters, you have to decrease in joy. And the Gemara mentions right afterwards, when, uh, when Adar enters, you have to increase in joy. The Gemara compares the two. When Av enters, you decrease in joy. When Adar enters, you increase in joy. So the Hasidic masters explain that 
how do you, that doesn't mean, really, really mean to have less joy, it means that how do you lessen, how do you soften the calamities of Av, and how you transform the calamities of Av, it's specifically by adding in Simcha, like the Simcha of Purim, the Simcha of Mitzvahs. The Simcha of Mitzvahs, that's what takes away the negativity of the month of Av. And this also brings us to the comfort of the building of Beis Amigdash, which this Beis Amigdash is not just going to be a compensation for um, one of the two temples, but it's, a, it's called double compensation. Because in the third base of Mingdash, there's going to be the virtue of both the first and the second temple. And it's also going to have the virtue of the Mishkan. As it says that whatever Moshe Rabbeinu does, does is eternal. It's only that whatever Moshe, there are things Moshe did that are hidden, but they remain eternal. Like the Ark is eternal. So, so the third base of Mingdash is going to contain in it the value of the Mishkan, which still exists, the th- first and second temple. But the question is like this. The third base Amigdash is analogous to the light of the sun. The first and second temples are analogous compared to the third, third base Amigdash to light of a can to light of a, a candle, light of a match. So there's no point, the Gemara says, in lighting a match when the sun is shining. So since the base Amigdash, the third base Amigdash is way beyond whatever was there before. Uh, what's the point of having the value of the first and second temple incorporated in the third, third base of Mikdash? Another question could be asked about Mashiach. It says about Mashiach that Mashiach is the first redeemer and he is the final redeemer. That means there's something in Mashiach that is connected to Meishu Rabbein. But it also says that Mashiach is higher than Meishu Rabbein. It says, Mashiach is Yarnum Menisav Govamed. He's very exalted. That means he's even higher than Meshach Rabbeinu. If that's the case, why do we underscore that he is also that he is connected to the first Redeemer? The idea of a double comfort um, doesn't just mean that you get comforted twice, but in general, in Yiddishkeit, the word double means something which is infinite. Like it says about the second tablets, that they were. That, that there was something that, that was given with the second tablets that was called a double kaflayim letishia, something double. And the meaning of double is not just that there was something more terror, twice as much terror than the second tablets, but there was infinitely more terror revealed with the second tablets. As the Talmud says, had we not sinned, all we would have gotten was the five books of the Torah and the book of Joshua. But the second tablets added, besides all 24 books of the Talmud, of the Tanakh, that also gave us the, the all the oral halachas, all the medrash, all the agades, and it's similar to what it says about a Baal Tshuva. It says if a Baal Tshuva uh, used to learn one page of Talmud, when he does Tshuva, he has to learn two pages. So the learning the second page is not similar to the way he learned the first page. There's a different quality in the whole learning. There's more energy in his learning. It's not just that he's not learning two pages. There's something more. So, so that's so. I was not answering the question. Just I was mentioning that it doesn't. We, it's, it seems that that wouldn't be important, but I was not going to answer the question. And it, but all of this is achieved through the joy of a mitzvah. In these days, especially joy of a mitzvah, and this brings us to the double comfort of the trunk pika ulo to mashir zakein and mukhar mamish. Okay, I want to just uh, conclu- there, there, there's another. Uh, point there makes in the end of the Fabrengen about what we're supposed to be do, what we're supposed to be doing in these days. In the end of the Haftar tomorrow, it says Zion is, is redeemed with Mishpat and her captives are redeemed with Tzedakah. 
Everything that happens when Mashiach will come depends upon what we do in Golas, what we do now. And therefore, the Rebbe says, my suggestion, my request is that we should use these days, and especially the day of Tisha B'Av, to add in Mishpat, Mishpat means to add in Torah, and to add in Stuck. These, but these two concepts of Torah and Staka are, are, are the two general ways we serve Hashem. Torah and mitzvahs. Mishpat and Staka are Torah and mitzvahs. In the spheres, they are Zan Malchus. Although there are three practical ways that we actually serve Hashem, there's three areas of serving Hashem. There is, as Semach Tzedek says, there's Chasid Vura Teferes. We'll send an email soon. So take them, take the number, and send it to. Them. Okay. So, um, so uh, it says the Tzemach Sedek says that seeing is redeemed with mishpat. So um, the meaning of mishpat means Tzemach Sedek says three areas of serving Hashem: chesed, gvura, teferis, to draw down from a loftier, higher place. You have to, um, you need to have all three. Teirat, Tfil, and Stuck. So if to serve Hashem in all three areas of Teirat, Tfil, and Stuck, Chesed, Gvur, and Teferis. The special thing that we need to focus on in regards to Avoida, in regards to prayer, is the midst of Tfil. Uh, one of the fundamentals of the midst of Tfil, you put on Tfil, you're supposed to have a mind to devote your heart and mind to Hashem. So service of Hashem, davening, is very relevant to uh, davening and film are connected to each other. They're both about the same idea of elevating our heart and mind. And that's why they're both connected to the left area of the spheres, the sphere the bina and So there needs to be a special emphasis on film. And this putting on film with other people and encouraging them to put on film causes the Jewish people to be successful in vanquishing their enemies. As Gemara says about the tribe of God, that the tribe of God was able to knock off the heads of their enemies together with their arms in the same blow. And this is why, um, parenthetically, as it doesn't mention here, but in the film, if you notice in the shin, on one side of the shin there's three, on the other side of the shin there's four uh, heads of the shin. That's because the tribe of God, Gimel, is three, and Dalit is four. Gimel Dalit God is connected to the three, two sides of the film, the three-pronged shin on one side, the four-pronged shin on the other side. So by putting on film with people, it brings a blessing to vanquish the enemies of the Jewish people. So this is especially relevant now there because, because at that time, 1970, there was, um, there was a lot of things going on in Eretz Yisrael. And the said, although they announced the ceasefire, but it's still necessary to encourage people to put on tefillin because we need to not just not, not just stop the ceasefire, but we need to take away all the thoughts of the enemies. To, we need to cause, cause nations of the world to be afraid of us. By, it says in the Gemara that when the nations of the world will see that you wear tefillin, they will be afraid of you. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to actually see you wearing the tefillin, but the fact that you didn't put on tefillin causes the nations of the world not only not to, to take a ceasefire, but to totally let go of all those thoughts of, of animosity. Practically, the Rebbe says. Number one, Every single Jew should add in these days in the study of Torah, especially in the day of Tisha B'Av, in those things you're allowed to study. And you should add in this study both in the day of Tisha B'Av and the night of Tisha B'Av. And in the place where it's possible, there should be 24 hours of Torah study throughout Tisha B'Av. 
It's, if it's possible, this is, by the way, this instruction was not given every year, but it does in, in, give us some indication about the power of every moment of Tisha B'Av. So if it's possible, you should study on Tisha B'Av with three people together, and the best is to study with ten people. Of course, this 24-hour, um, um, th- th- there should be groups studying the whole 24 hours. Of course, it should be in a way that Chas does not affect anyone's health, and therefore, there should, there should be every single group that's studying shouldn't be more than an hour. So that way you could have um, many people participating, but no one should have, but it shouldn't be that they're responsible for doing two hours in a row. It's also appropriate during this, during this 24 hours to learn about matters that are relevant to um, Tisha B'Av. As, for example, the Tzemach Sedek's notes on Gilas Eicha. And although the... Um, Okay, it, it does say in this discourse, Tzamech Tzedek, the power of studying Mishnah vis-a-vis bringing Mashiach, as the Talmud says that the exiles will be redeemed the merit of Mishnah. But the reason why Mishnah is so potent, it says, is because the exile is the, is the letter Vav of Hashem ascending from the letter He. That's how the exile is. There's a, there's a retreat, there's a, there's, a, there's a loss of the revelation of the letter Vav. So by learning the six or as in the Mishnah, you bring back the letter of Av. So the similar thing is accomplished also by learning the inner dimension of Torah, because in general, the revealed part of Torah is associated with the letter He of Hashem's name, and the inner dimension is called, the real part of Torah is associated with the tree of knowledge, and the inner dimension of Torah is associated with the tree of life, letter of Av. The word Mishnah has the same letters as the word Neshama, the soul of Torah, and... Uh, and therefore, it's something which is um, very, very uh, relevant to um, uh, to Mishnayis, because because uh, to, to the inner dimension of Torah, because the inner dimension of Torah is also the soul of Torah. We should especially learn the Memorim of the Tzemach Tzedek, because Memorim of the Tzemach Tzedek have in them a connection. Yes, sir. Yeah, they have a con- in the Tzemach Tzedek's discourses, there is both. Not only is there the uh, revealed parts of Torah, the inner dimension of Torah, you find in them a connection of both the revealed and the inner dimension of Torah. The Vav and the He. Number two, second thing Nebuchadnezzar says, is every person should donate to Tzedakah during these days, especially during Tisha B'Av, many times, several times throughout the hours of the day, especially before Shachas and before Mincha, and also give Tzedakah uh, before in addition to giving tzedakah before davening, you should give tzedakah before that as well, in order to, um, in order to inspire and to strengthen the impact of the tzedakah before davening. It sounds like they were saying give tzedakah two times before davening. Um, yeah, so it says in, in the this 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 part of the Fabreng was edited by the Rebbe. But um, the, the Rebbe mentions that Rabbi Sadi Goyen, in the unedited part of the Fabreng, they mentioned that Rabbi Sadi Goyen would say a prayer before his prayers. He would ask Hashem to, for assistance in his prayers. So in order, his prayer should be the way it's supposed to be. So in a similar way, there should be tzedakah before the tzedakah you give before davening. Uh, number three, we should make an effort during these days, and especially on the day of Tisha B'Av, and the hours that you're allowed to put on film, to, to encourage them, the, the, the greatest number of people to put on film. Maybe Hashem's will... Uh, that Hashem should give success and through our efforts in these three areas, Torah, Tzvil, and Stockholm, we should, f- they should, they should speed in the fulfillment of the prophecy 
for all the Jewish people. These days should be transformed with joy and gladness to the coming of Shiatsakainu speedily mamish. And our eyes should see that Hashem redeems Tsiyin and builds you shall build Yehuda, the cities of Yehuda, and we should come to Yerushalayim and and uh with Simchtulivov. Gushabis, all the best.